Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.purposemcc.com. And now, here's our pastor, Cornelius Phillips, with today's message. Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 15, if you... <clears throat> We're not able to be here this past Wednesday night. We started, actually started a series that I had entitled Moses, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. And, uh, but to kind of uh, preface that uh, series, we talked about Wednesday night on uh, unexcused. And we talked about the excuses that Moses gave to God when God was calling him to lead the children of Israel out. Uh, and and I, I think, personally, that it was a, a powerful uh, message to, to myself uh, as well as to, uh, hopefully, others concerning the excuses uh, that, that Moses gave uh, when God was trying to uh, get things set up to lead the children of Israel out. So I want to stay... This morning, Holy Spirit has just kept me in that, in that train of thought, and so I don't want to leave it too fast. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I have been tempted this morning to preach that same message again, uh, because uh, uh, 80 or 90% of you were not here Wednesday night, and uh, so... And I know that a lot of you won't get the uh, podcast and listen to it. But we're going to touch in and out on it this morning because I really feel Holy Spirit leading us in that direction. But let's read first in Luke chapter 14, beginning with verse 15. And one of the, when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And then said he unto them, a him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden come for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I've bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in <clears throat> hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, and the blind. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you this morning that your word is living and powerful. Now, Father, today, God, I pray that you would come, Lord, work through my weaknesses and work through my inabilities. God, to speak a word to your people. God, that will not only challenge us, but God, that it will cause us to move forward for you. We give you praise today for healing. We thank you for restoration. We thank you for renewal in this house today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. 
Amen. You can take your seat. <clears throat> now we're in <clears throat> we're in this this uh, this uh, path for the past few weeks on revival, and as as we're leading up to uh, the fire and the fuel crusade, and and what I believe that God's going to do is going to be mighty and powerful. But we're in that that uh, that path, and so today, uh, as we talk about excuses, you know, it's a well-known fact of human nature that we do what we want to do. Amen. We do what we want to do, and so uh, that's what this passage of scripture is concerned with. Is is. It's, it's, three, <clears throat> it's three scenarios uh, of people that offer three, or I should say two excuses. Uh, the man that just got married simply said, I can't come. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't give an excuse of, of why. Just, I just married a wife, and more than likely she said, baby, you're not going nowhere. You're going to stay here. So he just said, I can't come. The other two had excuses for why they couldn't come. Uh, so anyway, when I offer an excuse, many times <clears throat> it's because I don't want to do something. Many times it's either I don't want to do something or there is something more important that I want to do. All right? That's, that pretty much sums up our excuses. Uh, projects around the house that I want to do, <clears throat> I'll get them done. Those that, uh, that I don't really want to do, then I'll tell my wife, you know, I don't feel good today. Uh, I've got to go up here and, and check on the grass at the top of the hill, make sure it's growing uh, or something like that. And I'm always offering excuses. Several years ago, there was a gospel song uh, for all you Southern gospel fans. Uh, and the name of it was Excuses, Excuses. And it said this, you'll hear them every day. Now the devil will supply them if from church you'll stay away. When people come to know the Lord, the devil always loses. So to keep these folks away from church, he offers them excuses. I'm always intrigued by Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse 9, when the devil had subtly came in and caused Eve to partake of the forbidden fruit. And uh, the Bible says that God came and called Adam in verse 9 and said unto him, Where are you? And Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? And hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And listen to this in verse 12. The man, Adam, said, the woman whom you gave me uh, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And then so God said, okay. 
And then he turned to Eve. And he said, woman, uh, what's going on with you? She looked and she said, uh, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. So you got Adam there that said it's the woman's fault. You got Eve that said it's the devil made me do it. You see, people, people many times are full of excuses when the reality is we serve a God who is omnipotent, meaning he is all-powerful. He is omnipresent, meaning that he is everywhere, that there's nowhere that you can go that he is not. There is no, no situation that you will come up against that he is not able to overcome it. He is, he is omni, on, omnipresent. He is everywhere. He is omniscient. He is all-seeing. He's all-powerful, omnipotent. So, so yet when we do that and we offer these excuses of why I can't do this and why I can't be this, then do you realize that we're looking in the face of a God of which nothing is impossible? You see, what I'm wanting to get across this morning is this, that you might offer an excuse for why you're not doing something. But in reality, God is saying there are no excuses when it comes to me. Now, if you look in uh, the Bible there that we just read in Luke chapter 14, the Bible says that, that uh, they came, they were having this banquet, and he sent out uh, invitations to uh, these people for them to come. The first one said, uh, or the actually in verse 18, it said, they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first one said unto him, I bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Everybody at, at one time began to say, I can't, I can't, I can't. Here's the reason that I can't do it. I can't uh, go because I bought a piece of ground and I need to go and look at it or I need to go and see it. Somebody said, why or who would buy a piece of ground without first going to look at it? Uh, so when you think about that, guys, I, I'm, I wanna just kind of get down to where you are because I'm not gonna be but just a few minutes this morning. And, and here's what Holy Spirit is saying to me, uh, that there are people that, that God is saying, I've got this job for you to do. I've got a calling on your life. I've got a plan uh, for your life. There's destiny in something that I want you to do, but yet uh, we continue to say, but God, I can't do it. Or, or, but God, I can't, I can't do what you want me to do. The other night, in, uh, we read about Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter one, uh, when the Lord began to call Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations. 
Jeremiah was born into a priestly family, but God spoke to him and said, I'm not calling you to be a priest. I'm calling you to be a prophet. And Jeremiah immediately said, but God, I'm just a young man. I can't speak right. I can't, I can't talk. I can't be a prophet. And God spoke to him and said, hey, don't worry about what you can't do. I can do all things through you. You see, friend, this morning, maybe God is speaking to you about doing something in the kingdom. Maybe God is telling you, sir or ma'am, that, that he's wanting you to do something. Uh, maybe he's wanting you to step out and, and to get closer to him. Maybe he's wanting you uh, to, to get more faithful in your serving or more faithful in your tithing or more faithful in your work for him. But we can always say, but God, I can't do this. There are people that are here this morning that God perhaps is dealing with you about certain areas that he wants you to grow in and certain things that he wants you to do. Maybe it's young people this morning that God is saying, hey, I want you to be a witness for me. I want you to be more vocal in your, uh, in your testimony for me. But we look and say, but God, I can't do that. I don't know uh, enough about the scriptures. Can I tell you something this morning? If you know enough to come to Jesus and be saved, that's all God needs out of you. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to have a PhD following behind you to do what God's called you to do. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'll do that. There are those that are here this morning that you've been wounded in the past. You've been beat up by those in the past. You've been hurt. You've got wounds in your life and people have told you you'll never amount to anything and you can never accomplish anything of any value. They've, they've wounded you and they've hurt you and you've walked away and you said, I'll never do that again. But yet God continues to deal with your heart. He continues to pull at your heart. He won't let you get away from that that he called you to do last year or last month but yet you say but God I have been wounded and I can't get past my wounds listen I want to tell you this morning that in the eyes of God God said the moment that you say yes you will begin to see those wounds healed you'll begin to see that pain of yesterday will begin to fade out of your life all you've got to do is say yes you see, the devil desires for us to continue to make excuses because as long as I am making an excuse about why I can't do something for God, then the devil knows that I'm not getting into the place where God wants to work in my life. Listen, when God came to Adam and said, Adam, what's going on, man? Did you eat of the fruit of the tree? Why couldn't Adam just say, yes, I did. I'm sorry. I repent. You know what? God would have forgiven. God would have healed. God would have restored. But because Adam passed the buck, he passed the buck down to somebody else, then he robbed himself of being healed of that issue. And let me tell you what else he did. He also robbed his wife 
of being healed of that issue. And when Eve said, oh, but, but, you know, Lord, the devil made me do it. Well, yeah, the devil made her do it. But she made the choice. Amen. You see, excuses will rob you of your healing. Excuses will prolong that that God wants to do in your life. As long as you make an excuse of why you can't do something for God, you rob yourself of the healing that God has for you. And here's another. There's some that perhaps are here this morning. You're making excuses for those around you. You're making excuses for a husband. You're making excuses for a wife. Can I tell you something this morning? Excuses will hold that individual in the current pattern that they're in. You need to stop making excuses for somebody else's failure. You need to quit making excuses for somebody else's mess. Because what you're doing is you are enabling them to continue to do what they've always done. Listen, somewhere down the line, we have to draw the line and say, look, I'm no longer gonna make excuses for you. It would probably work a lot better if we would confront the issue head on and say, look, what you're doing is not right. I'll no longer make excuses for you. I'm gonna begin to pray for you. And I'm gonna begin to pray that God's gonna break you down. He's he's gonna break you down and heal you and restore your life. Listen, I was thinking about Moses this morning and and, uh, we talked about Wednesday night, uh, the story of him uh, being called by God and standing there at the burning bush and how God spoke to him out of the burning bush and, and uh, told him about the children of Israel and said, Moses, I want you to go down and, and get the people out of the land of Egypt. And we talked about how that Moses uh, said, said, Lord, who am I that you would call me to go down to Egypt and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I that you would require that that I should go back to Egypt? Remember, Moses was raised in Egypt. Moses was raised in in the palace. And God was saying, Moses, I want you to go back. And, And as I began to look at that, I began to think about Moses, that the reason that he didn't want to go back was because there was a past that he had in Egypt that he didn't want to confront. You remember the story in Exodus chapter three where, or uh, Exodus chapter two where Moses went out when he was in Egypt in the palace and he went out one day and, and the Bible says that he saw an Egyptian that was uh, treating one of uh, his brothers harshly. And Moses looked around, the Bible says he looked around and, and he slew this Egyptian. He not only slew this Egyptian, but the Bible says that he hid his body in the sand. The next day he went out again and some of his brethren were fighting and and Moses went out and said, guys, you don't need to be doing this. You're brothers. And they looked at him and said, hey, are you gonna do us like you did that Egyptian yesterday? 
And the Bible says that Pharaoh found out about what Moses did and, and meant to, to kill Moses and sought to slay him and Moses had to flee and that's the reason that Moses wound up in the wilderness because he was fleeing from something that he had done in Egypt. And he spent 40 years taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. But there at the burning bush, God said, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and bring my people out. And I believe the first thing that Moses thought about was his past. I believe the first thing that crossed Moses' mind was that day that he was standing there and he killed this Egyptian. And I believe all those thoughts begin to flood Moses' mind and, and Moses begin to say, God, uh, who am I that you would want to send me back uh, to Egypt and take care of your people? God said, don't worry about the failures of your past. Don't worry about yesterday. Listen, and I, and I keep going back to this, that, that there are those that your failures of yesterday and the failures of, of things yesterday are robbing you of your destiny today. They're robbing you of the plan that God has for you today. Listen, I want to tell you something this morning. God doesn't call always the equipped, but he will do this. He will equip those who he calls. I can look at myself and I can see all of my inabilities and all of my failures and all of my shortcomings. And listen, if there's anybody here this morning that, that questions their ability and questions their, their, uh, uh, the wisdom to do what God's called you to do, it would be me. Because I, was, I, I would have been voted number one least likely to succeed. I would have been voted the, the least likely to ever be able to pastor a church or ever be able to stand before people and minister. Not only because of, of things that I was born with, but things that, that had, had come into my life throughout the years and, and wounds and things like that that had come into my life. And all these things had come to be a bondage and, and, a, and a, a strongholds in my life. But yet God was saying, I want you to preach the gospel. And I was saying, but God, you don't know. And God was saying, I do know. I want you to preach the gospel. And I was saying, but God, you don't understand. I, I can't do that. I can't look people in the eye. I, I can't talk to people. I, I'm shy and timid and all that. And God said, I am calling you to preach the gospel. One of my favorite southern gospel singers is Vestal Goodman. Any, how many of you know Vestal Goodman? <laughs> yeah. She used to sing with Big Daddy Weave. No, she didn't. She didn't, okay? I listen to southern gospel music every once in a while. And I was brought up in southern gospel music or with southern gospel music. Vestal Goodman uh, has always been uh, one of my 
favorite singers and uh, Vestal and Howard Goodman. But what really connects me with Vestal Goodman is, is her uh, testimony that, uh, that she and, and Howard uh, began singing and, and they went to this place uh, somewhere down in Florida and were gonna do a uh, concert at a camp meeting. They got there that, uh, that night before service and uh, as they were preparing for service, uh, something happened to the sound system and it went out and there was no sound whatsoever. No mics or anything. That wouldn't be a problem for, for somebody that, that had a uh, loud voice or a loud volume in your voice, but, but Vestal Goodman uh, did not have the volume in her voice. She was very low tone and she could not sing very loud. She was very uh, monotone singer. I guess that's the only way I know how to put it. And so she didn't have that volume to sing. She and Howard began to worry because she knew that, that uh, she didn't have the volume to be able to sing uh, in an open air tent uh, with no sound. And, and so they were frantic and they were worried about it. And uh, she gave this testimony that they began to pray and they began to seek God and ask God to help and uh, to do something to, to fix the sound system or something like that but the sound system was never fixed. You see, sometimes God will put us in predicaments that we don't understand because he wants to bring something greater out of us than what we've been experiencing. And so the story goes, she testified that, that they got up to start the service and she got up to begin to sing. And, and Howard uh, uh, gave this testimony that when she began to sing, that the volume of her voice changed, that the volume of her voice just exploded and sound began to come out. And I don't know if you've ever heard or you had ever heard her sing. She's passed away now, but she had one of the most, uh, one of the highest pitched voices that you can imagine. The volume of her voice was, was out of this world and she could sing, and, and, but it all started uh, when something out of the ordinary happened that they had to step out in a level of faith that they had never been in before and God did something miraculous in their lives. The reason that I relate to that story so much is the same thing happened in my life with my voice. I could not speak loud. I did not have the volume. I did not have the ability to speak in front of people and I stood before a congregation on a Sunday morning back in the early uh, 80s and I stood there that morning and, and as I began to open my mouth at a strange place where nobody knew me, the volume in my voice immediately began to change. The volume began to explode out of my mouth and God in, a, in about two seconds time turned my life upside down, standing behind a pulpit uh, preaching the word of God. Listen, 
But here's the key to it, guys. Somewhere down the line, I had to say, yes, God, I'll do what even I know that in my current state I am not able to do. I'll do it, God, even though I know that in my current situation I am not able to do it. I quit offering excuses, and I said, yes, Lord. And when I said, yes, Lord, then God said, okay, you just opened yourself up for a miracle. And here's the thing, guys, it's the same principle, and I'm, I'm, fixing to, I'm fixing to close. But it's the same principle this morning that, that if you've got wounds in your life, you've got hurts in your life, listen, we're in a world today where everybody that does something wrong says, well, I was abused when I was a child. You go in and shoot people up in a restaurant, it's because my daddy abused me when I was a child. And listen, there are people in the church this morning that we continue to offer excuses of why I can't get past where I am because of something that happened yesterday. There was a wound that happened yesterday. There was, a, there was an abuse that happened yesterday. There was something that was done to me. And, and yes, listen, I don't mean to belittle what happened to you because listen, I know it was a wound and I know it wounded you deeply and it hurt you immensely. But listen, are you gonna live in that wound? Are you gonna live in that pain? Are you gonna make up your mind that you're gonna come out and get healed and be restored by the power of God? Listen, there are gifts that are waiting to be used in the kingdom of God. There are talents that are waiting to be used in the kingdom of God that have been wounded, that have been hurt. Somebody said something to you. Somebody did something to you. You had a loss in your life. You had a failure in the past and those wounds and those failures are holding you down and the gift and the talent that God is saying, I want to do something that will change your community, that will change your family, but the gift is being bound up by the wound. God said all you've got to do is stop offering excuses. Those whom were sent the invitations to come to the gathering. I bought a piece of ground. I bought an ox. I need to go try it. I married a wife. And I got to stay home. I got a fishing boat, so I think I'm going to go fishing on Sunday. I got a new golf club, so I'm going to try it on Sunday. I, the dog ate my homework. The house burned down last night, and I lost all my material. And we can go on and on and on about excuses. But guys, here's the bottom line. If you realize today that the reason the enemy wants to keep the excuses coming out of your mouth is to keep you bound in your current state. Somebody said long ago, can't never could because could never would. My mom used to tell me that all the time. Listen, I want to tell you something this morning. I don't know what's going on with you. And I don't know what's happened with you in your past. But listen, God is saying today, I want to take you out of your past. I want to get you past your past. 
because I've got something in the future that I want to do in your life. We said this Wednesday night, and you can go all through the Bible and, and ask this question. When Moses, taking care of his, dad, his father-in-law's sheep, was standing there in front of the burning bush, and he was standing there, and this voice was speaking to him out of the burning bush. Did Moses know at that moment that what God was asking him to do, Brother Ronnie, was going to change an entire nation of people? Not, not to even go there, but not only change an entire nation of people, but that over 5,000 years later, that people were still going to be talking about him at the burning bush. Did he know that? I guarantee you, he didn't know that. He didn't know that. We talked about Peter, Simon Peter, washing his nets by the, by the shore. After working all night, after toiling all night, Sister Kim shared with me Wednesday night after service about the work and the labor that goes into washing nets, shrimp nets and things like that. And Peter had been out working all night, toiling, laboring all night and hadn't caught anything. And here comes this stranger walking up to him and saying, hey, you caught anything? He said, no, we didn't catch anything. He said, well, launch out in the deep and let your nets down for a catch. More than likely, if that had happened to me, I would say, dare to boat and dare to net. <laughs> Help yourself. I'm being real spiritual, you know. All right. Can't preach on excuses if I ain't never made none, all right? So I'm just telling you. But here's the thing. Did Peter know at that moment when Jesus said launch out into the deep and let your net down for a catch? Did he know at that moment that something had begun in his life that was gonna be so miraculous, so powerful, so life-changing that it would change the entire course of history? He didn't know that. I can assure you that he didn't know that. In Acts chapter 10, a man named Cornelius, that's where my name came from, by the way, uh, but a man named Cornelius was praying one day and had a vision, just had a vision of something that God said, I want you to go uh, send somebody down to Joppa. There's a man down there named Peter. I want you to bring him back to your house. Did Cornelius know at that moment that what God was, would, was just showing him a vision? Did he know at that moment the impact that that decision was gonna have upon the entire world? Did Cornelius know at that moment that thousands of years later in 2018, August, that there was gonna be a young man, tall, dark, and handsome, that was gonna be standing in McCullough Christian Center talking about what he did over 2,000 years ago. Some of y'all, that just went over y'all's head. 
Say, boy, I just missed that. Judy was amen, and though she caught it. All right. But did he know? Listen, sometimes, sometimes, guys, we over sensationalize the scripture. And we think that when God came uh, and spoke to, to Peter, that, that uh, the, it's kind of like uh, that movie that used to be about the angels. What was the name of it? Touched by an angel. We, we think you're going to be like Mona or whatever her name was. And, and every time God would come on the scene, she would light up and begin to glow and, and music would start playing and a dove would be fluttering around. We think, we, we kind of think like that when we think about God spoke to Cornelius. But that's not the way it happened. The guy had a vision. He had a dream. God spoke to him in a vision or a dream. The rest of it was stepping out by faith, believing that it was God that was speaking to him and he stepped out and look what happened. We could go on and on and on with men and, 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 uh, uh, and look, look at Rahab in the Bible and listen, I'm off course, okay? I'm on rabbit trails, but I'm just trying to get you to understand you need to quit making excuses. Look at Rahab in the Bible. She was a prostitute. She was a woman or a lady of the night, but she hid two spies uh, in her house. Wonder if she thought that what I'm doing, what I'm doing is she was piling the, the flax and stuff on top of those men uh, on her house to, to hide them uh, from those that were looking for them. I wonder if she thought that what I'm doing is not only going to radically change my life, but it's going to affect the course of history. What if she had looked at them and said, I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't hide you. I, I can't do this. I, I'm too busy. I've got to fix supper. I, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Wonder what the innkeeper felt like after Joseph and Mary were riding down the road that left his house. And he had just told them, I'm sorry, I don't have room in my inn. Wonder what he felt like later on when he realized that I had allowed the Son of God to ride away from my place. So you see this morning, ladies and gentlemen, if I were to say today, you need to be saved. Today is the day of salvation. This is the day that God is saying that you need to be saved. This is your day for salvation. And you would sit, some might would sit and say, I know I need to be saved, but there's always a but in excuses. I know, Pastor, I need to be saved, but uh, as soon as soon as I get a better job, I'm going to be saved I know I need to be better to my wife pastor 
And, and, and as soon as I, as I get off of this shift that I'm on and, and get a better shift, I'm going to change. See, it's excuse after excuse. The reality, guys, is that what God is wanting us to do is now. It's not tomorrow. It's now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Do it today. Would you stand with me, please? Katie, you guys go ahead and come. Remember this. I can continue to offer yesterday's excuses. And I'll never get to where God wants me to be today. Moses led a million plus people out in the wilderness through the wilderness. He didn't have a governmental agency that was providing food for him. He didn't have the Red Cross that was supplying meals. He didn't have Samaritan's Purse that was there to help him. He just simply went out because that's what God said do. Wonder what would happen in my life if I lived by the motto, God said do it, so I'm doing it. Took a million plus people out in the wilderness, but the Bible says that not one went hungry. The Bible even says in the book of Psalm that their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never went bad. They never went without water. Everything was provided. How was it provided? Manna from heaven, water from the rock, quails flying in. You see, God has never allowed those who would simply say yes to go without. He hasn't done it yet, and I can assure you, He won't do it now. All you've got to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. You ain't got to answer all the questions. You ain't got to have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. You just got to say, yes, Lord. I don't understand, God. I don't understand what you're wanting me to do, but here I am. I don't know all the the ifs, ands, and buts, but here I am. God, I know I'm not ready for this, but God, you're calling me to do it, so here I am. God, I know I'm not educated for this, but you're calling me to do it, so here I am. Somebody just step out in faith and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
That's all God needs to work a miracle in your life. As they sing this morning, I want you just to worship. And we're just going to worship. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to respond. Because I believe today that somebody here this morning, God is saying, are you going to give me an excuse? Or are you going to be submissive? Or are you going to do what I'm asking you to do? This is what the Lord would say. The hour is late. The day is fading. I am calling today. I am asking today. I am moving you today. Let not the things of yesterday affect the decisions of today. God said, I'm calling there's healing, there's restoration, there's renewal. Step out. No excuse. Step out and experience my healing, experience my redemptive power. It's here today. It's here today. Hallelujah. Amen. As they sing this morning, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I, I just, we're just going to open the altar. If you feel like coming, you come now, or if you want to uh, wait, whatever you want to do, we're just going to open this altar up this morning, because I believe today that God's wanting to heal some people, because you you haven't realized that your excuses have kept you bound, but today, God's going to unbind you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing. <laughs>